You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. This morning we're going to start a two-month journey, I believe, on who is God, or maybe maybe a better way of saying it is getting to know God. And so we're going to start this today, this getting to know God, by looking at the Father heart of God. And to help us see this, we're, we're going to look at this, the famous passage of um, the parable of the prodigal son. And so I'm going to read for you Luke 15, 11 to 32. I've never really done this before where I've read an entire passage. So it's quite lengthy, but it's going to be up on the screen. But I felt it was important just to, to read right from the beginning to the end of it. And then I'll have a drink of water and then we'll carry on from there. Yeah. Okay. So let's read starting at verse 11, chapter 15 of Luke. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together, all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to, to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, now I'm just going to stop here a second. When I lived in a small farming community in Alberta, we had some members of the church that had a pig farm. And there was this one summer that one of their pigs got this disease and it started to spread to the other pigs. And they had many pigs. And I don't know if you've, any of you have been to a pig farm, but it's not a pleasant smell. And in this particular case, these pigs started to swell and they, this is really nasty. And they would, they were, they would split open and they would die. And so in order to get these pigs out of, out of, from really, um, spreading the disease to other pigs, they had to act quickly to get these pigs removed. And so being the great pastor that I was, I volunteered to go and help them. That was a really, really stupid idea. So anyways, I showed up at their, at their property, went down to the barns, and I got to be the guy that basically would, would go in to where the pigs were, and I would... Um, wrap this chain around the pigs and then they would pull it out with, with some machinery so that they could get it to where it needed to go and dispose of it properly. Well, when I read this story and I hear of a young man that wanted to eat the pods that were, I guess, really nasty, He's at a real low. 
make sense? Like when you've actually hung out with pigs and you have been walking around in the barns and then you read this story, you have a whole new appreciation for how low he was. Anyways, I just thought that was a great story to share some of my experiences living in rural Alberta farming. But anyways, here we go. Let's carry on. So he longed to fill his stomach, right, with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother, your brother has come. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So there's many ways to unpackage um, this scripture. But this morning, I want to specifically focus on the Father who represents God the Father and how he responds to two very different sons. Because it's very clear that these sons are certainly very different from each other. We see one that basically rejected the Father right? And we see the other, the one that really had this element of entitlement, right? It's like this, I deserve this sort of attitude. So first of all, what we see is we see a God who forgives. So we're, we're talking about getting to know God. And in this particular story, there's three aspects that I see in this father. And the first one is forgiveness okay we see god who forgives 
So verse 22 and 23, it said this, but the father said to the servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. So as we read, the, as we read, the youngest son has wasted his entire inheritance on wild living, right? And yet we do not see a father that responds in anger, but we see a father that responds in forgiveness, right? When we read that, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf. I mean, there's this, there's this, there's no anger. There's just this, my son is back, right? Myself, I'm a, I'm a prodigal. I, I grew up in a Christian home and, uh, and I have two great parents and I guess probably right up until about the age of 13, I sort of did the church thing, um, but came to a point in my life where I just decided that I was going to live life how I wanted to live life. And uh, I think really, even though I grew up in a Christian home, um, ultimately, my faith was not my own. It was just something that my parents did, and so I just went along with what they were doing. And so for about 10 years or so, I, I decided to live the life that I wanted to live. And I guess you could say, really, I, I did what this kid did. I just lived a life of wild living and experimented in lots of different ways. And uh, it, long story short, came to a point where, where I saw that my life was going nowhere fast. And if I didn't make a change... Um, it was just going to get uglier and uglier. And because of my faith upbringing, I knew where to turn. And there was a, my grandfather played a, a very specific role in seeing me come back to Christ. Um, and I'm very thankful for how he spoke into my life. And it was a very short few words, but it really hit me right where it needed to hit me. And, uh, and so I, I, I got to a point where I needed to come back. To living for Jesus and really the rest is history. God's been very faithful in my life. But one of the things that I hang on to and I'm so thankful for is that I knew the truth and yet walked away from it. And yet when I returned, God didn't hold on to anything, right? There's this scripture in Psalms 103. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. It's like no longer did he remember anything that I did. And I lived in many ways a pretty horrible life for a season. And yet he didn't hold on to that. He completely forgave me. And even when I went to my father, my earthly father, when I, when I told my mom and my dad that I've decided to follow Jesus again. They didn't start naming off a bunch of things, but they just embraced me. And I was so thankful for that. And I, fortunately, I have that privilege of having a mom and dad that have really journeyed with me. And I know that's not everybody's story, but it is the story of the father. Whether you've had a wonderful upbringing with two parents or one loving parent or, or maybe things have been very, very difficult, 
you have a father that forgives you no matter what you've done, no matter what's been taking place in your life. He forgives you unconditionally. So I'm so thankful for that, that scripture, Psalm 103. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So this verse was so true for me. It's true for us. And it was true for both of these sons in this story. See, the father also forgave the eldest son. The one that was hurt, the one that was angry. Verse 31, it says, you are always with me. And then he says, and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. In other words, even though you are acting this way, right? I will not withhold my forgiveness from you. I will not withhold my forgiveness from you. You will continue to have unlimited resources. You will continue to have this inheritance that I've given you. It's still all yours. Even though you have this terrible attitude, it's still all yours because you're my son and nothing will ever change that. See, that's the privilege we have as sons and daughters of Christ, that nothing will ever separate us from that. We're his sons, we're his daughters. And even when we make these mistakes in life, it's just there's unconditional forgiveness for us. And that's just the truth of the word. So Silas, my son, um, you know, sometimes he may have a wrong heart towards me because it's happened, not very often, but maybe the odd time here and there. But he's still my son. And in those moments, I have a responsibility to, make, to forgive him and then teach him where he was wrong. And I love that as a father. But I just don't believe I'll ever, ever be in a place where I wouldn't forgive him because I just love him so much. Right? And that's our, our heavenly father. Sometimes as believers, we can, we can take on this self-righteous attitude sort of speak, kind of like this eldest son, right? Look at all I'm doing for you. Look at all the stuff I'm doing. And though God's not okay with that, he doesn't respond in frustration to us, but he embraces us. And actually, even though we don't know if the son even asked for forgiveness, because it doesn't really say that, God still extends his forgiveness because forgiveness is the heart of God, and nothing that we do can alter that. Our attitude, our approach to life doesn't change who God is. He's a God of forgiveness. So whether you've walked far away from the Lord, or whether you are serving the Lord but sometimes have the wrong attitude, he, when we come to him, well, he, he is forgiveness. He will forgive always. It's just us needing to come to him. And just saying, God, would you forgive me for maybe this wrong attitude or this wrong thought or my, the wrong approach that I have in this situation? Hebrews, sorry. And I guess just before I go into Hebrews, the, the reality of this forgiveness is, it, is that it's, it's, it's for us in our past, it's for us in our present, and it's for us in the future. And Hebrews 10.14 says, because by one sacrifice... He has made perfect for ever those who are being made holy. So past, present, future, we're forgiven. 
And that is an amazing truth to hang on to. He knows that we're going to muck up in the future, and yet he's already paid that price, so we are forgiven right now. So no matter what walk of life we come from, God forgives because that's who he is. Secondly, we see, so we see God that forgives. And secondly, we see that God is, is love. And we've talked a lot about love and, and God's love um, on our Sunday mornings together. But in verse 20, it says this, but while he was still a long way off. So this tells me that the son was always on the heart, the mind of the father, right? Again, in my life, when I kind of um, drifted from the Lord for a good 10 years um, in wild living, as I said, I had my parents living on a lot less sleep because while I was out all hours of the night, my parents never slept that well. And uh, I remember trying to sneak back in the house and my mom, I used to think it was just to catch me coming in late, but she just has this weird sleeping hours at times. But I think I'd be coming home at two or three in the morning and that I'd get in safe uh, and she'd be doing laundry. It was just like, yeah, so it didn't work very well. But anyways, but this son was always on the father's mind. And in my own life, I saw my parents when I was living this wild life, I was always on their mind. I know that they were always praying for me. I know they were always waiting because they knew that I was going to come home. They knew that the life that I was living was certainly going to come to a point that it was just not going to fill. They knew that and they, and they believed that for my life that at one point I would get tired of living that life and ultimately I did. So no matter how far away you think you may be from God, his love for you is the same. And again, we all come from different walks of life and we're all struggling with different things and different challenges are taking place. And yet we can never go too far from his love. What a, that's just an amazing truth for us because his love is un, unconditional and it doesn't change one bit, not at all. And he's always desiring for us to come home. And the, again, that goes for for you, even if you're like the son. So again, back to this eldest son that was out in the field working, right? But feeling unnoticed. I think ultimately that's how he felt. This one son is getting all the attention. And what about me working in the fields, doing what you've called me to do? But see, God sees what we're doing. It doesn't go unnoticed. He knows your hard work and your efforts. And his word to us in this is, you are always with me. That's what he said to the son. That's what he said to the eldest son. You are always with me. It's like, again, he was not unnoticed. He was not forgotten about. But he was always with him. And then, again, the second part of that verse, and everything I have is yours. In other words, he's saying, my love has never changed for you. My love has never changed. It's unconditional. My love does not increase or decrease according to what you do or don't do for me. What an amazing 
truth for us, that his love is unconditional and it just doesn't change. You know, we live in a world where, where we're told that love is conditional, right? I mean, you see it all the time in relationships where it's like, I love you. And then three weeks later, I don't love you. I mean, it's just because you did this, that, and the other, or whatever it might be. It's just, it's, it's conditional. And, um, but God's love is unchanging. And as followers of Christ, God wants us to see and experience Him as Abba Father. And we've talked about that briefly in, in our life group a few weeks ago. But the, the love of the Father, Abba Father, you know, um, it's like this, a child going to a dad. And what a beautiful, kind of expression of his love for us, that we can come to him just as, as his children. That's our identity, that we have that privilege to go to him. To know in our hearts, this is our desi- my desire, is that we would know in our hearts that nothing can separate us from his love. Not bad attitudes, not wild living, nothing can separate us from this love that he has for us. And yet, in the same way, it doesn't mean that we, we carry on this way either. That's not what God desires, but it does mean he won't give up on you, right? You know, I'm sure he wasn't, he wasn't happy with the way the second son was acting. Obviously, he wasn't happy with the way his first son was acting. That was not his desire, but he still loved, he still forgave because that's who he is. And he, and he just wants better for us. He wanted better for those boys and he wants, always wants better for us. The third thing we see in this story is, is we see God is compassionate. So in verse 20, it says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The father didn't wait for his son to come to him and then begin to hold him accountable. That's not how the story reads. You know, he didn't hold him accountable for all he had done, but he he just ran to him. That's what he did. He ran to him. See, compassion doesn't keep a record of our mistakes, known or not, right? Compassion, it, it doesn't look at our at our shortcomings, it simply embraces. God simply embraces us. That's what compassion does. And uh, this is such a great example to me of how we are to be to others. You know, I always think about people that, that we may come into contact with. And, and the heart of God is to embrace the heart of God is not to, not to kind of try and figure out exactly what's been going on and, and what they've done wrong and the mistakes and all this sort of stuff. The heart of God is compassion. It's just embrace first and then begin to journey. And I love that in this story that he doesn't hold him accountable. He doesn't Yeah, he's not asking him a bunch of questions. He doesn't wait for him to come and as he's kind of sitting on the chair or whatever. It's like he goes to him because that's what compassion does. And that's what we're called to do. That's why we do who's my neighbor. It's like it's it's compassion. That's why we do night shelter. It's compassion. It's that's why we do 
community chaplaincy. It's compassion. That's why we, we love people in our workplace because it's, it's the heart of God, his compassion for others, and we just embrace. Jesus, Jesus truly teaches us to embrace. So even when we are in a place where we feel the Father has let us down, because sometimes when I feel maybe God's let me down in something, I have a harder time perhaps embracing others. God, I feel like you're not even embracing me in this moment. But verse 28, with the older brother, became angry and refused to go in. So the father went out and pleaded with him. It's like even even when I have the crummiest attitude possible, it's like God still comes with his compassion. And I think, how many others have I come into contact with that have a horrible, horrible attitude towards this, that, or the other? And God says, embrace. This is your moment where you need to just really lean on the compassion that, that I have that is available to you and embrace others, right? He calls us to be compassionate as he is compassionate. The father went out and pleaded with him. I mean, I fall short of that. I know I do. I think of, again, my son. It's like if he was, if he had this really crummy attitude, I know just a second ago I talked about, yeah, I'm going to, I forgive and I teach and I, 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 I take moments to, to help him understand what he's been doing. But there's been moments where, where Silas may have a really crummy attitude and my last thought is compassion, right? My last thought is going and pleading with him, right? But, but that's what God calls us to, to be, to be compassionate. The father didn't ignore him. He could have easily given him no attention to the way he was acting, but he went to him. And in going to him with compassion, the father brought correct alignment to the son's ways. He could have just left him, but he didn't. He embraced him with compassion. And I think when we embrace with compassion like the father, it's like you, you are then given a voice to speak into people's lives. When you embrace with forgiveness, when you embrace with love, then you're, you're given a voice to speak into people's lives. It's like when, when God embraces us with compassion, when he embraces us with forgiveness, when he embraces us with love, when you feel that and you know that, there's such a security that, okay, God, I'm open to whatever you want to say, right? That's how it works. It's such a beautiful picture that, that he uses as used in our lives and then calls us to use that in other people's lives and in each other's lives. Feelings of feeling let down are real. The key is not hiding from God, but allowing God to embrace with his heart of compassion and allowing him to bring understanding into our lives. As we close this morning, I thought maybe we could um, sing that song, Anchor. Because there's parts of that song that I think we can just take time to reflect on this um, particular chat this morning. So if you guys could come up, that would be really great. I know, oh yeah, Maeve is in the room too. Just as they're coming up, 
You know, through this story, we, we see, and I'm just going to really summarize what I've said. But what we see is that nothing is too big or small for his forgiveness. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you're like, there's something that's been going on in my life and I know I need to come to the Father, but I just feel like I can't. It's too big. It's too this. It's too that. This morning, know that that's not the case. You can just come to him. Say, God, forgive me for this. Whatever it might be. I'm convinced that that if there is something, Holy Spirit will bring that to your attention. And so just ask him this morning that, that nothing can separate us from his love. Again, this morning, if you need a just a touch of God's love in your life, you have, haven't had that sort of opportunity or that experience of the Father heart of God, then this morning he wants to just make that happen for you this morning. His compassion for us will always outweigh what we deserve. Again, we all fall short. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all are, are in, a, in a place that, that if it wasn't for his grace in our lives, we wouldn't be where we are. Because his, his grace is so beautiful. And I just think, again, with this compassion, it always out, outweighs what we deserve. So why don't we stand together as the team leads us in this song and, and just, just be asking the Lord, Lord, is there, is there anywhere, any areas in, in my life today that, that you want to just um, feed into, that you want to speak to me about? And, uh, and, and you know, there's nothing special about necessarily about me praying for you from here. It's just about an honest conversation with God. And then afterwards, if you want to share that with somebody, yeah, I talked to God about this and I'm really believing for this. I'm really believing for that. Then, then we would love to talk to you about that. And we'd love to pray with you about that as well. But really, this is a moment to just you and the Lord and just being really honest and allow him to speak to you. And then I will come up at the end and and just close our time together. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.